Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. That's an easy reference, 2, 3, 4. Philippians 2, verses 3 through 4. You know this verse. It's a, a well-known verse, an often quoted verse. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. I'm going to read on. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God 
has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, that, that passage of Scripture challenges us to consider the possibility of taking ourselves out of the center of our own world and instead to have God at the central place of honor in our lives. Crown Him Lord of glory. Crown Him King of kings, the song said, that was sung just before I came up. And we have the opportunity and the privilege because of what Jesus is doing in our lives to dethrone ourselves and enthrone God in that place that He so rightly deserves in our lives. As a matter of fact, when I take the throne, I get myself into trouble, don't you? When I think that I'm supposed to be in control, I find myself moving in the wrong direction and in the wrong fashion, if you will, not only doing wrong things, but even sometimes doing right things in the wrong spirit or in the wrong way. And so I need Jesus to ascend the throne of my heart. I need Him to come and sit in the place of, of honor and control in my life in order to live my life to the fullest. And, and that's true for all of us. And so Paul says uh, in this passage of Scripture, first of all, he challenges us and he says, don't do anything from a selfish motive. Don't, don't be conceited. Don't always be looking at life in terms of what's in it for me. How is this going to advance me? How is this going to better position me? How is this going to put more money in my bank account? How, how, how can I use this as an opportunity to exalt myself? And then as he calls us to that life of humility, he says, look to Jesus as your example. If anyone has ever walked this earth who deserved to be self-centered, it was Jesus. And yet the Scripture says He came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. And in this passage, Paul says that Jesus had every right to make Himself the focus in every room where He found Himself. But he says Jesus gave up his godness, if you will, if that makes sense. He gave up his right to be exalted and he humbled himself and even died a humiliating death because he loved us that much. And Paul says because Jesus humbled himself and took upon himself the cross of salvation for you and I, that then God exalted Him and gave Him a name above every name, a name at which every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that He is God to the glory of the Father. Lord, help us. Help us to live this way with humility. Help us to be people who are on the lookout for how we can be helpful to those we find around ourselves at any given time from day to day. Living this way begins with trusting God with our lives. He is our source of being and doing. As a matter of fact, in, in the book of Acts, in the 17th chapter, there's this little verse that's tucked away that has become a very noteworthy verse among Christian circles. In Him we live and move and have our being. 
and it is a reminder that everything we are, everything we have is because of God's outpouring grace in our lives, the mercy that He has extended to us. And so our opportunity to humble ourselves is because we have come from Him and we are returning Him, returning to Him, and so there is nothing to prove. Does that not take the pressure off? We don't have to prove ourselves as being worthy. We are worthy because God has declared us as worthy in His Son, Jesus. The opportunity for us to humble ourselves is that we find our security in whose we are and not what people think of us. Man, it is a shame how many people are living on the treadmill of trying to impress their neighbor. You know, trying, trying to present an image. Uh, there's even a philosophy out there that says that you, you ought to uh, act successful until you become successful. And it's that whole idea of dressing for success. Present yourself as successful and it'll open up doors for you. I got news for you. Jesus preached a different gospel. He said if you'll humble yourselves, you'll have opportunities that are given to you that God will give you that no man can give you. And so it, there's, there's a conflict here. Am I going to live the way the world suggests that I should live in order to be successful? Or am I going to live in the way that the Scripture calls me to live and find a different kind of success, and that's significance because of who God has created me to be? I want to be significant, not successful. Because, you know, success in many forms will die at the grave. Am I right? I mean, think about it, y'all. People pass away, and the world goes right on as though they were never here. It shouldn't surprise us. Solomon wrote that in Ecclesiastes. He said, um, the king dies and the kingdom goes on as though the king was never in the throne. And so we are reminded that the best way to have a significant life is to find our assurance and our security in who God is and who He has created us to be. Our value is certain because God created us. I mean, you wouldn't be here if God had not made you. Um, we can humble ourselves because there's nothing to prove. If you don't get anything else today, I pray you get that. We can humble ourselves because there is nothing to prove. God says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That He loves us so much that He gave His one and only Son that we might be in an eternal relationship with Him, with, it, with God the Father. Listen to this. Someone wrote this. The path of loving trust means... The path of loving trust means an absolute, unconditional, and unwavering confidence in God, our loving Father, even when everything else seems to be a total failure. Did you get that? When I'm having a bad day, my security is, my absolute, unconditional, unwavering security is, that God is my loving Father. 
mean, we're going to mess up. Somewhere along the way, all of us are going to have that moment that we wish we could have over. Because if we could have it over, we wouldn't have said that or we would have done something different. All of us are going to have those realities in our lives. But for us who follow Jesus, there is the promise that because of His absolute, unconditional, unwavering love, we can have confidence even when we've had a day where, ah, I wish I hadn't done that. Ah, I wish I hadn't said that. The path of loving trust means we look to God alone as our help and protector. It means that we stop doubting and being discouraged and we cast all our worries and our cares and our failures on the Lord and we walk in the freedom of His forgiveness. And Tony mentioned it this morning, His mercy. As a matter of fact, Jesus one time in talking with the Pharisees asked them, don't you understand that God desires mercy, not sacrifice? Now let's put that in, in our lingo. What Jesus was saying is, don't you guys get it? Don't you understand that God wants you to live a, a life of love and not a life of perfect service? One day... Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath. It happened more than one time, but one day when He healed the man on the Sabbath, the Pharisees came after Him and said, what are you doing? You're breaking the law of Sabbath. Don't you know that you should not heal a man on the Sabbath? And Jesus said to them, don't you know that the Sabbath was made for man and His good and not man for the good of the Sabbath? He wanted them to understand the life of love that God had called them to. That they might be set free from the exactness in living that, that had stolen away their joy. The path of loving trust means we stop doubting and we stop being discouraged and we cast ourselves at the feet of Jesus that we might have everything that we need in any given moment of our lives. The path of loving trust means that we will be daring and absolutely fearless in the face of obstacles, knowing that nothing is impossible with God. I mean, if you can explain how everything's going to work out, how much are you trusting in the Lord? There's got to come a place in our lives when we're following Him in such fashion that we can't explain why we're doing this. We just know God has called us to do this. I, I was... Uh, 22 years old, had been in the Air Force active duty for two years, and at church on Sunday night, God convicted me because now I, I like the Air Force. I was planning to stay in for a career, and that Sunday night at church, God convicted me and said, you're making your own plans and they're not my plans. And y'all, I don't know what the preacher was preaching that night, but that's what God was preaching to Ron. You're making your plans and they're not my plans. Before I left that church service that night, and again, it was one of those moments, you've had these moments when I'm up here or somebody's up here and they're preaching or they're talking 
and you're having a conversation with the Holy Spirit and like we're up here and all you're hearing us say is wah, 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 wah because you're in conversation with the Spirit. Well, that was the kind of night I was having in Omaha, Nebraska. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I can't live under this conviction anymore. If you want me to go back to school to finish my preparation for ministry, I'll go tomorrow if, if you call me to go tomorrow. And I meant it. I didn't know, I didn't know how that would work out. Y'all, I went to work the next morning, pulled up to my desk, sat down in my chair, pulled up to my desk, and um, there was a squadron bulletin. It was a weekly newsletter that came out laying on all of our desk. It was always distributed before we got there. And so I'm looking at and on the front page of this uh, off at Air Force Base bulletin, it says, Palace Chase Offering. And I thought, what in the world is Palace Chase? And so I read it, and it says, the Air Force is now offering early outs to people, and they gave, you know, the criterion, the parameters, and you give back twice the time in active reserve that you have left on active duty, and you can be discharged from active duty. That's the Monday after a Sunday night. I said, God, if you want me to go back to school tomorrow, I'll go. That was in April. I went to personnel. I got the paperwork. I filled out the paperwork. Um, you had to go to your squadron commander to ask permission. You know, he had to sign off on it. That was the first step. So I went to my squadron commander like several days later, laid the paperwork before him, told him what my story was. He said, well, I'm going to sign it. He said, I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, uh, Sergeant Bauer, I admire you for, for taking such a step. I don't think you're going to get this because you're in a shortage AFSC. Mark, you know what I'm talking about. You Air Force people know what I'm talking about. You're in a shortage career field. I don't think they're going to let you go, but I'll sign it. That was April. I was driving to Florida the end of May with a U-Haul truck loaded up and let Tommy ride with Becky. It, it, good move. I mean, he was two years old. I said, You're, you take Tommy, I'll drive the truck. And I, you know, I'm not going to bore you with the details, but oh, I already have, right? Too late. Too late. But I, I, I just, I can't tell you how everything, everything kept falling in place. And I even made other plans. And God changed those plans. I, I was going to go to college one place, and God said, no, you're going back to Warner Southern. I don't want to go back to Warner Southern. God said, okay, watch this. And he closed all the doors that I had positioned. I mean, my dad had worked for VA in Columbia. He, he called, and he had moved on from Columbia. He called the personnel guy at Columbia and said, my son's going to be coming through there, and would y'all give him, give him an opportunity? And he said, well, tell him to go ahead and fill out the application, the VA application, and send it to me, and then I'll, I'll meet with him. And so I did all of that, and then when it, I, I drove up to Columbia to have a meeting with him, I was going to go to Columbia Bible College and finish my degree, and I was going to work at the VA. Man, I had it all mapped out, have a good job, uh, my financial needs would be met. I'll go to school there. I'll finish up my degree. And, Lord, I, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna get on a ship running away from, from Nineveh. I'm going to do what you want me to do. And God said, yeah, but you're, not only are you going to do what I want you to do, but you're going to do it the way I want you to do it. 
And so he closed all my doors, and he opened up all these other doors to go back to Warner. There, there comes a time when all of us must find our security in Jesus, so much so that we'll leave everything else to follow him. Yeah, brother, I'm, I'm not a preacher. He hadn't called me to ministry. But I'm telling you, until we get to the place to be daring and absolutely fearless of any obstacle, knowing that nothing is impossible with God, we are missing the glory of what it means to truly follow Jesus. To give up your plans for His plans means you have to humble yourself. And so Paul, in writing to the Philippian church, said, don't let anything in your life be done through selfish ambition or vain conceit. Get yourself off the throne. Put Jesus on the throne. Be willing to walk away from whatever you've planned for yourself in order to find yourself in the middle of why He created you for such a time as this. Um, it doesn't happen as much as it used to, but I'm going to tell you all something. Living for a pension is not significance. Total reliance on God. Spontaneous abandonment to Him like a little child. Totally convinced that our utter nothingness but trusting in Him is the source of significance and fulfillment and confidence and goodness. Mm, peace. We were doing the Lanford baby's funeral over in Lexington, a graveside in August. Man, it was hot that day. Over on Bush River Road. Becky, my wife, Richard Rusnick, the associate, and I stood at the graveside of the little Brett Lanford and sang, Jesus loves me, this I know. And had that, there you go, and had that funeral. It was so hot that the funeral director had made arrangements to go to Bush River Memorial Gardens, the, the office that was there, receiving area, go there to greet the family. So we go in, we're greeting the family. Jim and Judy Lanford are there. Mark and Tammy Lanford, parents and grandparents. And there's this little short, bald man in the line with the family. And I'm going through the line, and I, I'd never met this man before in my life. And he said, uh, Pastor, you did a great job with that service. I said, well, thank you. He said, my name is Ferry Goodson. Our pastor left uh, Sumter Church. I said, I know, Brother Larry. I sure do. And he said, would you come be our pastor? I said, oh, you're so kind, but no thank you. <laughs> 
about a month later, Leon King called and asked me if I'd send my resume. And I said, I, I'm not interested in Sumter. And he said, well, we not, might not be interested in you, but just send your resume. You know, you hear that? God was saying, Ron, humble yourself. You've decided you're not going to go to Sumter. Humble yourself. Send your resume. Sent the resume. A couple weeks go by, Leon calls me up and says, hey, would you meet with our pulpit committee? And, uh, yeah, we'll drive over. Tuesday night, we drive over to meet with the pulpit committee. And uh, Ferry's daughter, Linda, was on the pulpit committee, Linda Sharp. And that, that was an incredible meeting. There were five, Leon King was on there, Kathleen Atkinson, who became Kathleen Thompson, Wilbur McLeod. Isn't it awful? I don't remember that other person right now. And so we met with them and had a great meeting. I stopped to fill up with gas as we're leaving. And at that time, remember the building over there, Aim High Air Force, that metal building over there and had a jet on the side of it? And there was an Exxon station that was there before Jeff Lee's Exxon. And I stopped there to fill up with gas. And I'm filling up our car with gas. And Becky's in the car, and I'm looking over the top of the car, and I see that Air Force, Aim High Air Force, looking at the flight line. And God says to my heart, you're going to reach people who are serving on that Air Force base. And it was like y'all. I mean, I, I promise you, even after that meeting, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I didn't have anything against Sumter. I just had different, I wanted to go to Florida. And doggone it, Larry went to Florida. I got in the car. Now, here, here's... I get in the car, and I said, Beck, you're not going to believe. She said, I know. God just said to me, we're going to reach people at that Air Force base. I told Leon, I'm not interested in something. I had to eat those words. Humility means doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Jesus humbled himself and God exalted him to the highest place. If you will humble yourself, God will exalt you to a place that you would never attain on your own. And it, it's, about, it's about more than pastors going to pastor congregation. That's just an example. There, listen. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, like Jesus, humble yourself before the Father. And in due time, He will lift you up. And you will find yourself at a place in your life, a place of significance, and you'll be able to say, if I had to do it all over again, I would do it all over again. He is our source. He is our significance. 
absolute, unconditional, unwavering confidence in God as our loving Father produces an amazing life. I want you just to pray for a minute, will you? What is God saying to you as an individual this morning? It may, it may be tied into the message. It may have nothing to do with this message. I may this morning, maybe this morning I've been that guy in your life, wah, 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 wah. Because God's saying something else to you. How is it this morning that you're needing to take yourself out of the way and let God have his way? How is it? What is the application for you? What is it? What is it for you to get out of the way that God might have his way? Old lady used to sing this song when we'd have joint sing-spirations in Columbia. Let the Lord have his way in your life every day. There's no peace, there's no rest till the Lord has his way. Let the Lord way in your life every day. There's no peace, there's no rest till the Lord has His way. Father, this morning, help us to find our significance in You. All of us have those moments that we can look back at and say, I wish I had. But Lord, we can't go back. We can go forward. We can decide to take ourselves off the throne of our lives and allow You to be our Lord, our provider, our Savior our God. Lord, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice this morning. I pray for every one of us to have a better tomorrow than any of our yesterdays. That we would trust you more, that we would follow you intently, that we would let go of the things that are holding us back. That, Lord, we would present our lives to you like a blank check. You, you fill it out. You, you have your way with us and, and Lord, we will follow where you lead. Help us to think about others more than we think about ourselves. And help us all to think most of all about you. We ask it in Jesus' name.